How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monday night, our favorite night of the week, and welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 114 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you guys so much, as always, for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and especially if you are listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thanks so much for listening while you drive down the road or work out, whatever it is you Why do. Why are you working out? Why are you working out? When you listen to your favorite audio podcast, thank you so much for joining us. And again, as always, we come to you live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and let's mention the beautiful new under crown 10 to celebrate the brand's anniversary in 2021 drew estate is getting all decked out a tagline that denotes under crown 10's elegant packaging and reinforces the pride of under crown's 10 years of excellence the new sophisticated packaging is surpassed only by under crown 10's complex rich and bold a blend of ultra premium aged tobaccos that includes the highest priming of Mexican San Andreas dark wrapper, the very finest broadleaf binder from the Connecticut River Valley, and a tripa blend of select and rare Nicaraguan tobaccos. Born on the factory floor at La Grand Fabrica Drew Estate, the Undercrown brand is a passionate testament to the creative talent, dedication, and self-determination of Drew Estate's torcedores. Blended with many of the same rare vintages found in Liga Privada, Undercrown quickly became a grand slam for Drew Estate as consumers felt a deep personal connection to the grassroots firebrand that celebrates the typically unheralded working-class heroes employed at the Drew Estate Cigar Factory. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. So, guys, we uh, were so excited for episode 114, mm-hmm. and uh, Garrett and I actually each had, we, we went on fishing trips, but we went on separate fishing trips. He went with a group of friends, I went with another group of friends, kind of in total different jo- opposite places. directions. So, Garrett, tell different us things. about your trip. Oh, man. So, uh, with this group of guys, we've been, this is our fourth year going and uh, we go to Lake Michigan on the Wisconsin side and we charter a boat and there's six of us. And uh, unfortunately, we uh, so a new guy came this year that hadn't gone because a spot opened up and he came along and probably about 30 minutes into the boat ride. Was he down with the sickness? He oh. was. Wah-ah-ah. Not good. Yeah. They, so he, he didn't take anything. Oh, he did. He. And here's the crazy part. He had prescription strength Dramamine. Whoa. He had a patch that was like, try to get seasick. <laughs> I, I so, dare you. I yeah. dare you to get seasick. And he still got seasick. He did. Oh my gosh. Was it was it rough on the lake that day? It was it wasn't that bad. Okay. We've had much worse. All right. Um, and you know, so those who watch the show and know me a little bit know that I have vertigo. Um, and it's uh the only effects that I have is there's been times um, over the years where the waves. Um, so we do a three hour trip one night and then the next day we do a five hour trip. Three hour tour. It is a three hour a tour. Three hour tour. Um, when I go to bed, <laughs> I'm still in the boat. Oh, yeah. That's. And I think that that's for normal for some people. Uh, but for me, it's. Uh, yeah, it sucks. But so first night. Uh, we've got Puke and Joe, and then uh, no fish. Uh, one, so we draw numbers to see who gets to, you know, get on the get on the polls the first time. Uh, and right. I drew number one. Hey, oh, 
and only one fish got hooked up and he came off almost right oh. as so I started reeling. So yeah. that was our Friday. And then Saturday, um, we go out at three and it's like nothing. And we're like, oh my gosh. And I'm, and now we're down one. So, cause he didn't, he didn't want to come. <laughs> I have had worse, Kevin. Thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> he hadn't had, uh, um, he, he was like, no, I'm not going to go this, this time. So we go yeah. out and, uh, I mean, we ended up each, each of us ended up catching a fish. So huge rainbow, um, uh, three other little rainbows and I caught a king salmon. Nice. So, well, it's always good when everybody gets to catch fish. So briefly, my, I, I went with some friends up to, um, way up in the Northern reaches of, uh, Minnesota by the Canadian border, not quite boundary waters, but, uh, close and, uh, just camped on an island and got away from the world. No cell service, no nothing, just fishing and, and uh, sitting around a campfire smoking cigars. So it was a pretty great, uh, pretty great weekend. We had just a terrible to chill. weekend. Um, and it was, and it's, it's nice because, and I know it's kind of the same way where you were, you know, you get by the, the big lakes mm. like that and the temperatures drop a lot. And so we were up in Northern Minnesota and it's 10 degrees cooler here you know, near Minneapolis, where we live, we're talking, it's still, I think it's still 88 degrees or something like that. Um, it's still really warm. Well, and out on the lake for us, Friday night, it got down to 59 degrees, Ooh. which some people started putting on sweaters and stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, Saturday was perfect. It was 68 degrees. And so briefly, just because we talk about it on pretty much every show, um, the Minnesota Twins suck. Our favorite team, we love. We still love our Minnesota Twins, but holy crap, they are just such a poorly. I don't know. They're just they're not good right now. So that's really all we can say about that. Mm -hmm. I think the last shellacking they took was by the Astros, and I think it was fourteen to three. It was. So uh, we should bring. Uh, you know who we should bring is uh, uh, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. I don't. I'll. I'll. I'll reach out to his people, but okay. I don't think we can get him. I don't know. I think we'll we try. Can, we'll we try. You never know. Yeah. I mean, it's worth a shot. Maybe not worth a shot. I don't know. Do we want him on the show? <laughs> well, I. <laughs> you never know who you're gonna get. You never know. Uh, do we have a guest? We have a guest on tonight's show. We have a fantastic guest, and I don't want to wait anymore. Okay, let's. Not so then. let's introduce our special guest, guys, and as always. On How About That Cigar Live, you know that special guests are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special florida sun-grown tobacco if you live in florida or are just visiting be sure to visit any of the great corona cigar locations in downtown orlando sand lake lake mary and also the davidoff of geneva lounge in tampa for more info on all of that please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com ladies and gentlemen without further ado put your hands together and welcome to episode 114 from foundation cigars nick malillo 
Guys, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Excited, How are you doing? Excited to be. I'm doing well. Doing well. And Listening Domino. to all these uh, great fishing stories. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we were. I actually we... was fishing a couple weeks ago. Nice. First time in a long time. Mouth of the Connecticut River. It was. Uh, Man, it's so great to fish, man. I, I I forget how how fishing does me so well. Yeah, just mentally, and it's just so peaceful and oh, hundred percent relaxing, and great to be out there in the elements. Yeah. So, so when you when you fish in that area, is it fly fishing? Or are you fishing for like we trout were, or salmon? Uh, so we were fishing for stripers, um, okay. which kind of early in the season. So a lot of them were, were, were a little bit small, but there's some really great areas right where the Connecticut river meets the long Island sound. So we didn't even need to go out too far. Um, went with a great, great captain, uh, went with a local shop here, the owl shop in new Haven. Uh, they invited me out cause one of their guys, Jim is, a the manager is an avid fisherman. And uh, we went out with uh, Captain Mike Roy, about a 21 foot, 21 foot center console. Nice man, cigars, oh, fish, man. It's just you so you're, you're you're totally right. There is something kind of kind of magical about it. It's just it getting away from everything and just focusing on, you know, focusing on you know catching a fish and just chilling. It's 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 so great. It's so great, especially in this world today. Yeah. Yeah, What's, Nick, what, what are you smoking? Yeah. I'm smoking a Wawense, uh Robusto right now. Beautiful. How about you guys? We fired up the beautiful High Clare Castle Victorian. Mm, nice. Yeah, you got the, uh, the Robusto. Mm -hmm. I smoked through boxes of those. I got yeah. my last Toro here. I'm going to light that one up after after this Wawense. How's it going so far? Oh, How's it smoking? Yeah, a few puffs in, and I mean... You're that, a bad man. That's that's that cigar is really I unbelievable. Mean, yeah, from a construction standpoint, it's absolutely beautiful, and and the uh, it, it's going very nicely with this uh, Florida Cana twelve oh, year. Oh, that's perfect. That's a perfect yeah. pairing. Yeah, yeah, that blend is nice and balanced. Uh, tons of flavor, but it's you know it's not an overwhelming blend, but it's not mild by any means. Um, that's Habano Ecuador, the wrapper. You know, Habano Ecuador, I worked with a lot over the years, but that's really the first project that I did with Habano Ecuador that came to market. And yeah. uh, it's a special, special wrapper. And that's it, just a really tasty cigar. Well, and this this particular, and that's one of the things about Habano Ecuador and really any tobacco leaf, this is, this is one or two shades darker than you see from a lot of Habano Ecuador on the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I specifically chose it's about seventh priming. So it's it's you know the Habano Ecuador because of the growing region in Ecuador and the cloud cover produces some amazing wrapper because you don't have that extreme sun exposure. So the plants get really tall. Yeah. So you know you got the Connecticut shade in the Habano Ecuador, they get up there, you know, towards the eight feet. You know, someone can get even higher. So you got a lot. You have a lot of primings compared to to some other tobaccos. So yeah. I generally use, you know, more of that. Just going up the upper half of the plant, you know, seventh 
seventh priming. It just, I mean, it's just, it's not really a Maduro, Maduro. It's, I always say it's a cafe Maduro. It's got that mm -hmm. coffee kind of color darkness, but it's, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not black and it's not light. So it's, it's just an amazing wrapper. But it's all delicious. It it's really is. flavored country, man. Flavored and it's, country. And it's got, it, it really does have more, I don't know what the word, I don't know richness. It is rich. Then that rich. is what I was looking for. It yeah. is absolutely rich. rich. Uh, because rich. and and maybe that's to do with that priming that you're talking about. Is it's 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 well not definitely definitely okay. yeah definitely and also you know you excuse me the rest of the blend you got the only commonality with that with the other high clear is the binder. So you have Modafina Brazilian binder under that wrapper leaf. Mm -hmm. The Modafina is a darker, heavier. Uh, binder and also it could be you know wrapper tobacco and that's just a flavorful tobacco so you got two really rich you, you know a wrapper and then the binder and then the fillers are are just some amazing fillers from Nicaragua it's it's predominantly Nicaragua you have some Ometepe, Jalapa, Esteli you got really the best of what's you know Nicaraguan fillers has to offer yeah, and then the one of the things I want to know about is so I'm getting some like salivation. Is that from the Brazilian tobacco? That salivation, or is that from one of the other components? To to me, it's really from all of them. I, it's interesting you brought that up because that's crucial for me. I do not really care for tobaccos and blends that dry out your palate. Mm -hmm. That the, these all of these because of the acidity levels within the tobacco, it actually causes your mouth to salivate, in which I think is really important for me personally when I'm smoking cigars because I think that just kind of adds to the experience. Whereas you know sometimes you can get that really dry; it starts drying out your you know the back of your throat, the inner parts of your palate. You know you always have to be kind of drinking um, some of those. You know they're not bad blends but personally you know i i like those those more the acidity levels that make your your mouth yeah. salivate yeah that really adds to it so i i kind of work with tobaccos that they all have that sort of acidity level so so you really don't get that dryness in your palate that's nice yeah Absolutely. so it's a good balance you know you see you take any any tobacco away from these that blend and you just have a, a completely different you have a completely different cigar so it's each each tobacco is is a note that is contributing to this this great uh ballad which is the yeah. blend um and it's really like, if you take something away it's it's less of a cigar tell us about victorian where how does that play into the brand of, of uh, this line yeah that, that was the period you know the victorian era so which was very important at, at high clear so we thought it was a good to separate uh, the Edwardian era, uh, which mm -hmm. is the Connecticut shade. Um, so, you know, Highclere, the history of cigar smoking at Highclere goes back hundreds of years. I mean, it was a place where cigar smoking was, was very much a part of the castle and especially after dining, you know, that was, it was automatic. You retired and there's been some amazing, you know, historical figures that have passed through High Clare. Um, you know, the great grandfather, I believe, you know, was one of the gentlemen that put the, the, the deal together of how Canada was formed. Um, 
you wow. know, you, you have King King Tut's tomb, uh, which was discovered by Howard Carter, but which was funded by uh, Lord Carnarvon. Uh, he became an amateur archaeologist, and cigars was very much a part of of you know the culture at the castles, and that's that's what made it made it really cool, you know, because you see, for my other brands, I love history, I love culture, so to be able to work with High Claire and you know access the archives and see some some old receipts from the you know different factories and different cigar stores in the early 1900s is pretty cool, yeah. so. We really just wanted to play on that. Yeah. We've What's got that? Kevin Loonhagen on um, and uh, Kevin, he could probably tell us something because he's he's super old. <laughs> he was probably there. He might he have been old. there. <laughs> Kevin, let us know what it was like. So back then. so Nick, the last time we had you on the show was um, it was before the whole world yeah. kind of changed, you know? It yeah. was it was pre-COVID. And yeah, yeah. and so you know, going through 2020, as so many cigar companies did, there were you know a lot of things that you had to change and, and people in all walks of life, different types of businesses, everybody had to change the way they do business, things like that. But specifically now for you know, this first we're really halfway through 2021. So Give us kind of uh, an idea of how 2021 is is kicking off for for foundation. Kicking off, man! It's been nonstop. I, you know, I feel very fortunate to be in a business that you know is is been not shut down through all of all of this madness. Um, you know, people have been smoking cigars. You know, the beginning of of COVID was definitely really crazy. Um, this year. You know, there was definitely a lot of uncertainty at the beginning of the year, but, you know, it's been amazing to see the strength of the brand um, during all of this, especially with a lot of a lot of consumers not being able to go to stores all the time. But we've been off to the races, man. We're we're up significantly. We're growing. We're, we're adding to our team. We just brought on a uh, an outside sales director. Uh, we just brought in another uh, sales associate for our offices, and um, we're really just uh, continuing to grow, which is yeah. uh, you know a huge, huge honor. It's just been nonstop, man. I mean, my days are, like you said, it's just I don't know where the days go. I don't know where the past five years has gone, man. It's it's How it's really catching up with me. How crazy yeah. is that? I mean, uh, you know, it's you're talking five years now. That's it's yeah. It's been so five. We we launched in June of 2015, and then the year before, I was just you know working on prep, and yeah. so that that previous year was was nonstop, and it's really hit me over COVID because I had a chance to really stop, and you know, I was. I was really burning the candle at both ends, traveling, trying to visit as many retailers as I could, you know, helping manage the sales team and distribution, learning a lot because sales and distribution was not my experience in the cigar world for, for yeah. so long. It was, it was, you know, on the tobacco production side of things. And um, I, I just went, put my head down and it just been going. So to be able to stop, spend more time with family, 
uh, really reflect on things, um, man, it's been powerful. And yeah. uh, I'm looking at the next five years of my life, hmm. you know, and the plan for, for foundation, but also just personally, man, you know, I've yeah. been married to foundation since, since it's been my baby still is since day one, but it's been, it was nice to, to stop and take a breath and not be in a plane all the time. Cause yeah, that was, absolutely. that was definitely wearing on me. Yeah, for sure. So, it has so. to, you know, and, and when you can, like you said, even, even, uh, just going out fishing for a while or whatever it is you can do to, to unplug for a while and just do something completely outside of your daily routine, whether it's fishing or hiking or anything. Hiking kept me going. You know, I, during this, you know, some, some good friends, they started going hiking, a couple of uh, close, close friends, some couples, they started going hiking, you know, seven, eight in the morning. And hiking kept me sane through through quarantine. I think if it wasn't for hiking, I would have went kind of bonkers. Um, so definitely, I'm I'm learning even more how you know fishing and and like you said, taking the time. It you have to, you have to. Yeah, yeah. And life is too short, man. Yeah, life is it's going by in a blink. So you have to you have to enjoy it. Otherwise, you know, it's like what is it all for? If you're not enjoying it, what's the point? So true. Um, so, so what do you guys yeah. see from, you know, as we talk to manufacturers, when we were at TPE, a lot of the same, you know, a, a big theme was we're having, we're not seeing issues with tobacco. We're having issues getting bands and boxes oh, and yeah. cellophane. And, and that is creating a, you know, this, this flow issue for us. Are you guys seeing any of that? So we're we're not, fortunately. Um, there's been definitely, it was a little tight there, but we have since really enhanced our planning for, for, for this year. So early on at the end of last year and making commitments, you know, and investments in packaging materials. So we have you know, enough where we're finally at a point for, you know, as far as cash flow, where we'll be able to make these investments. So we made investments early on in packaging materials. A uh, good friend of mine owns the box factory uh, that we, we make most of our boxes. And fortunately last year, he made the commitment for three containers uh, of wood. So we were set for this year. So it's more, you know, our growth, has been significant and just keeping up with that. And then also, you know, I'm a stickler for, of course, quality control and consistency. That's, that's as long as I'm around quality and consistency is, is the number one. So it's just a matter of make, um, balancing the growth with also keeping, you know, quality and consistency, which is, you know, it needs to be a balance because a lot of times it's, uh, you know, you'd love to, I'd love to sell them. I'd love to sell more, but again, quality consistency. If you're, if you're not focused on that all the time, then you end up shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, I've seen it. I've learned from other people's mistakes, you know, over the years. And, you know, I've seen so many companies over the past 25 years and I just won't, won't do it. So it's yeah. tough sometimes to tell your customers that, you know, you need to wait, 
Like right now, our Tabernacle 142, the Havana seed that's grown in Connecticut, wasn't done in fermentation. You know, it takes three years in fermentation. It wasn't done, needs more time. You know, if you see Tabernacle 142, grab them because it's going to be a little <laughs> while before they're on the shelves. Um, so, but that's just yeah, I mean, that happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not dealing with widgets, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's an amazing process and, you know, it's a living thing. And if you're not, you're not careful, you can't go back. You know right. what I mean? You can right. never, you can never go back. And as a cigar smoker, you know, I know what it's like. I am a cigar smoker first and foremost. So I know what it's like to get, you know, inconsistency or quality that, you know, is not, not up to par. Um, so I'm militant about holding the line and, uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's been steady. We're catching up definitely on a lot of back orders. Um, we're, we're definitely catching up. Um, yeah. So, so there's, there's a, a, kind of a, a special exercise I want to go through on this show with you. And um, it stems from something we talked about last time that you were on the show. Um, and, and after you were on the show, I started putting together this sort of a list. And it's it's going to eventually, for us here at How About That Cigar, it's going to branch off into some different types of things. But this particular one is is specifically for the way that we enjoy cigars and the reasons that we give ourselves to enjoy cigars. Um, and so for, for the first time we're going to talk about here on the show, we're going to talk about the C's of cigar enjoyment. Brought so to you by the letter brought C. to you by the letter C and the number, I don't know, let's just pick a number. Seven, seven, seven's left. I was going to say seven. Yeah. So first, first and foremost, um, and and I I just kind of put these in a in a no particular order, but right. a, one thing a lot of people think about when they think about lighting up a cigar, and and this applies even to a lot of non-cigar smokers, our friends and family who aren't um, consumers of of fine premium hand rolled cigars, they still understand that there is one thing that is almost universal when it comes to people enjoying a fine premium hand-rolled cigar, and that is celebration. Mm. So, and it could be, I mean, you see it all the time, uh, big sporting events, somebody wins a big championship and they're passing cigars and lighting up cigars. Yep. Um, It could be- uh, Graduation. Yeah, graduation. Weddings. Yeah. Um, uh, promotion, promotion, birth of a child. Yeah. Yeah. Birth of a child or, um, yeah. Big promotion, new job, new house, anything. And that's one of the, that's, that's really, I put that one first because I think it's, again, it's universal. So many people sort of see a connotation between, or see a connection between celebration and, and a fine cigar. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and the, uh, so the second one is, and and this is something we were talking about with the uh, you know fishing trips and unplugging things like that. Chill. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes that's that's the thing is is mm-hmm. you finish your work day, 
and you know you're not looking at spreadsheets anymore you're not approving designs anymore you're not you know doing any you're just you you turn off the screens and you put on some music or you grab a book and you just chill chilling like bob dylan yeah yeah uh, I made speaking, you just gave me a little PTSD. I did a spreadsheet today <laughs> that I created this, this lookup that I had on like 135 cells that would go, it crashes my Excel sheet <laughs> every time uh, I open it now. Um, so start over. Um, that sucks. Yeah. Dude, I love, like, at the end of the work day, it, it's seriously one of my favorite things to do when I am finally done with work is to go and have a cigar yeah. and just reset. It's the best. It really is. It's the know, best. Like, today, I was actually working from a cigar shop, and while nice. I was enjoying cigars, I wasn't yeah. in a chill place, you know? <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, this is what I was looking forward to this tonight was just to be able to sit and chill with you guys, talk talk shop. Whereas during the day, I'm smoking, but you know, I'm I'm constantly taking calls, doing Zoom yeah. chats. You know, it's nonstop. So yeah, it's it's always great. You know, that's what for me. You know, cigars is is a meditation in that way. It brings you. It does bring you to the moment. Because yeah. that's the biggest stress a lot of time. You're, you're stressing, you're thinking about, you know, the past, present, whatever's going on. The cigar really brings you to that moment yeah. and, and lets you unwind and chill. So that's what are some what of it's the, all about? I mean, we, we know uh, that you are really in love with uh, Rastafari culture, reggae music, things like that. But when you when it's time that you can truly unplug... And yeah. you're just sitting down with a cigar, just just for you, not for a evaluation to check on a blender, just to just to chill. When you're, do you do you watch something on Netflix? Do you do you listen to music? Do you read a book, or do, do you kind of mix it up? I, I mix it up. Um, definitely love to read. You know, have a cigar and just read is is definitely really relaxing for me. Music is very much a part of my my everyday life uh it's yeah definitely listen to music you know hanging out with friends last week i you know hung out with a good friend i haven't seen in a while you know we sat on the back porch and we were watching a little bit of netflix at the same time some comedies of dave Chappelle. nice and uh you know smoking smoking some sticks he had some some cubans and i don't really smoke a lot of cubans so uh you know, I had to light them up and, uh, you know, try them out. And, uh, yeah, that's always nice. Yeah. Because you know? when I'm smoking my stuff, I'm always quality control. You know, yeah, I'm always. Please, totally. Yeah. And that's why I don't get to smoke a lot of other people's stuff because I'm always, you know, I'm kind of nuts with quality control and making, making sure everything's smoking right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely a combo of those things. Yeah. So the the other I get thing. into wormholes like YouTube wormholes about oh, like dude. ancient ancient civilizations. Oh my and, gosh! Yeah. You know different uh, religions and metaphysics and and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. The YouTube wormhole is real. It is real. So it, real. It, it is. You can start watching 
you know, just just simple four, five, six minute videos. And and then next thing you know, you look at your watch and it's three hours have gone by. Yeah. And it's amazing what you can learn, man. We, you oh, know, growing okay. up, growing up, you had to go to encyclopedias and yeah. now the, the access to information and just learning about so many different have you you know, things ever made the mistake of putting your YouTube uh, account on your house television somewhere. Oh, I have it on my Apple TV. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I've got but, it on the big TV. I know. But does your family have access to that? Yeah. No. Okay. So here's the situation. Um, I, I go away. <laughs> I'm, a sca- I'm scared. It's great. Not to hear. I, go I can't wait. I can't wait. For a weekend. And, oh God. you know, so I got home last night and I started, you know, you get the notifications for some videos. And so I'm watching, uh, I'm watching a coop show. Uh, actually it was, uh, no, I, I watched the, uh, meet the professor oh, show yeah. last night. And right after that, it was like, if you like this, you also might like, right. um, uh, little baby, the, oh. the rapper, little baby. Yeah. Yeah, little baby. And I, I was like, but I was just well, I a cigar show. How, yeah. How did I get that? Why is little baby? And who, yeah. and why is that a rap name? And Dr. Dre should beat the shit out of him <laughs> for coming up with that name. It's not okay. So my algorithms right now are all out of whack. Because your kids and your wife are watching stuff on your YouTube account? Yes. Okay. So if you like if you like watching cigar shows and knife making, you might also like the Wiggles. <laughs> the Wiggles. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, that can get messed up pretty quick. It can. <laughs> yeah. Throws it all off. So the next one on the list for the C's of cigar enjoyment. This is the one, Nick, that you brought up to us last year. And and it really can't wait. accord with me. Mm. And it is ceremony. Ooh. It's a good one. It was. It's interesting because it never. It it just. It Mm. just never occurred to me, even though it's so obvious. But because when you go back through the history, you know of of tobacco through the ages, it is such a ceremonial thing. Yeah, yeah. The act of you know it's ceremonial ritual. You know, cutting, lighting, you know, being with being with friends or you know family. It's. It is a modern day ceremony, um, you know, especially compared to that's what people don't get about, you know, cigarettes and that, you know, that's a, it's a whole different, it's a whole different act. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what really made me fall in love with cigars, right? Is the ceremony of, you know, sitting down with my grandfather for the first time and smoking a cigar. It was like the coolest thing, you know, in my life at that yeah. time was to be able to do that. It was like a, yeah. a, definitely a coming of age ceremony, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, I, I think it is for maybe a lot of people is yeah. it, it's definitely a coming of age. And if you look at the history of it, I'm, I'm so interested in, in, in trying to find out cause we really don't know exactly the history of, of cigar smoking. I mean, we kind of have a sense of it, it goes back maybe 5000 BC, but a lot of it was lost. From what I've read, is it originated out of the smudging ceremony? I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Very, that yeah. was a that was a ritual where basically you take smoke 
and you sort of put it different herbs, sages that Native Americans would kind of purify their their energy around their bodies, right? Yep. And or I think eventually, homes. what's that? Or their homes. Or yeah, or their homes or in like sweat lodges and whatnot. So I think at one point during these rituals of all the smoke, you know, the smoke was being inhaled and then at one point exhaled. And then, you know, yeah, this is I'm, I'm I'm not exactly sure, but from what I've read so far, I think that evolved into the smoking, the actual smoking ceremony, because a lot of the indigenous tribes also had pipes you know, that were actually built into the earth, you know, the bowls would be made in the, from earth directly, like on the ground. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. And I'm always searching for, you know, more information just about how, you know, the, the indigenous communities used, used tobacco because I find yeah. it fascinating. And, and yeah. one of the things that I learned through a little bit of, just quick research on this and and it's not just tobacco but tobacco really falls into this kind of category is you know when when you consume tobacco the smoke from it rises so there's sort of a there's sort of a, a transcendental ness to it you know because that you know the smoke rises up to the sky and that's when we look up to the sky and even the natives before you know they had any any semblance of, of, you know, knowledge of the universe or any of that stuff, the things that rose up into the air, you know, made them look to the sky and see the stars and things like that. And, and, and it, it really, the, the, it was, it could have even been the origins in some ways, in some, in some cultures around the world that could have been their origins of, of any sort of transcendental awareness you're you're totally and I'm, I'm as you're saying this i'm thinking of this particular quote which i have to find for you guys because i'm not going to do it justice by by trying to um paraphrase it but you're exactly right that's what it, it represented the earth and the heavens so both yeah. the heavens and the earth and yeah. um there's this amazing quote i'm going to find it yeah while you're looking for that i'm just going to say and and in the uh, creation, when they started creating alcohol, the reason why they called it spirits is because the vapor that was coming off of that, that would go up, rose up to, to rose the heavens, up yeah. to the heavens. And interesting. That's, that's why they call it spirits. That's interesting. Yeah. Somebody, I was listening to Rogan last week and they had a whole podcast and they were uh, talking about alcohol and the origins of alcohol. And there was like a debate whether it came first from agricultural societies or if it happened actually before. There's a lot of people that argue that beers and actually alcohol came before we actually settled into farming communities. And it was actually one of the reasons why we ended up becoming farming communities. Um, Oh. Again, I have to I have to find this. This is I forgot the gentleman's name on on Rogan, um, but it was really fascinating. I, I actually was thinking about going back to it and, and listening to it again. I found this one of the quotes that yeah. uh, goes: "While smoking a cigar, we are in the presence of eternity. The tobacco reminds us of the earth 
from which it we came. As with ourselves, the life of some cigars are short while others last a while longer, but in the end, all are consumed. But the smoke, ah, the smoke, the smoke drifts gently heavenward on its quest to combine with the great eternal oneness. And I bet we know who did who, who that quote comes from. Who's that? Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon. I know this is Prince Sinad Yar Mahar. Ooh, I like which it. I I actually tried to find a lot of some information about him, and okay. I I've I haven't been able to to find um, find that much information. Okay, yeah, I, I well, would have thought that was I was a hundred percent sure that was Spurgeon. Because he was uh, he was a theologian, uh, okay. theologian, and um, well known for smoking cigars. Yeah. And at the time, people would ask him, "How can you be a Christian and smoke cigars?" And his answer was I always, it. "I love it to the glory of God." He says, glory "I smoke, I smoke every cigar to the glory of God." I love that. Absolutely. I was actually going to wear a shirt that said something like. Yeah, I w- I promise to smoke a cigar to the glory of God. It must be a quote from it's, from him. Yeah, it's from Charles. Um, yeah, some guys gave me this great T-shirt, and it says that I promised before the end of the day to smoke a cigar to the glory of God. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, there's there's some cool creation myths, you know, some yeah. really cool stories. The Huron myth was. You guys ever hear that one? The Huron no. myth about tobacco, the creation story. It, it goes something like. Um, you know, at some point the, the land was desolate and barren and people were starving. Um, it, it was, it was a terrible time on the earth. So the great spirit sent forth a woman and wherever she, she went and touched with her left hand, there was corn that grew. Um, and then wherever she touched with her right hand, um, what was it? An, an, I forgot the other crop that would grow. And then when finally, when she sat down to rest, there grew tobacco. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I got like, that up for sure. Yeah. It's the Huron uh, creation story. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, I, they, they've tra- traced tobacco down to 2.1 million years old from Peru, yeah, which is f- fascinating to me because I get into you know, this ancient kind of history and the end of the last ice age and the ice ages and, and, and really the story of, you know, Homo sapiens. And, and 2.1 million years ago was the, the beginning of what they call the, the Pleistocene age which was the beginning of, until 10,000 years ago, this sort of ebb and flows of ice ages. So they say, you know, they would ha- there would be ice caps and then they would recede. And over this 2.1 million years to like 10,000 years would be this ebb and flow and tobacco was dated to the beginning of that time. So that's just on this hemisphere. So at one point, you know, the story goes is that people migrated over the land bridge at one point during, you know, the ice age when the land would, you know, there wasn't water and then eventually migrated down. So at some point, you know, humans started using or, or even, you know, potentially hominid species started using tobacco. Yeah. Um, 
and then you know this this part of the the the, the western world didn't really come across it until you know columbus lands in the new world yeah that's true but it's fascinating yeah that one like i said that one really stuck out for us uh when you were on the show that's before. cool um, the, so the next C on the list of uh, the C's of cigar enjoyment is camaraderie. Oh, cool. And that's, that's just one that goes with, you know, sometimes just being part of a, part of a, a group of, of cigar smokers. And you can have people from every walk of life, every different belief system, every different background, but those cigars give you a commonality they yeah. give you a common bond it 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 really brings worlds together it, it brings disparate groups together in in a beautiful kind of way really does and it, i don't think you you'd see a lot of different people come together under normal circumstances mm -hmm. that you see that's again another thing that that you know i fell in love with cigars was then, you know, starting to work at a cigar shop and, and seeing that, you know, meeting, I learned just so much just working at a cigar shop, you know, not just about cigars, but people in life, because exactly what you're saying, you would meet, you know, rich, poor, everybody in between religions, philosophies, people going through, you know, tough times, happy times. I mean, it, it is pretty amazing. There's, yeah. I can't think of another another pastime where all these different groups of people sort of converge. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great thing. I love it. Uh, and the last one for the, the seas of cigar enjoyment uh, that I put on the list was culture. Cultura. And, yeah. and culture can have a lot of different, I mean, it can play so into a different. lot of different parts of, of cigar smoking, mm -hmm. but there is sort of a, it kind of goes in line with camaraderie where there is sort of a there's there's a culture that goes into um, people who regularly enjoy premium cigars. Um, and, and it's it's something that is really unique in the world. Definitely. You know, and from collecting cigars to learning about different brands, learning about uh, even the you know cigar nerds of the world like like us who really get into learning the ins and outs of different different types of seed varietals and crops and primings and curing and fermenting. It's there's so much La that goes into it. Language, right? Culture. There's yeah. the beginning yeah. of culture is culture starts with language. Yeah. So it's it's there's definitely a whole lingo to to it too, right? Yeah, Rubusco is my favorite size. Or, I Robusto. mean, Maduro. Maduro is my favorite size. Maduro is my favorite size. Yeah, love that size. It's a great <laughs> size. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's um, definitely it's it's its own culture, man. It really definitely is. is. Yeah, it's, it's um. I I think it's important too. Like, you know, I think that's what makes it intimidating sometimes to other people is is maybe the culture or, you know, uh, people that are just getting into it. It's, it's definitely intimidating. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, I'm always a proponent for, for, for going easy on, on new people coming into the cigar smoking world. Cause it's, it's definitely can be intimidating because of the, yeah. uh, the culture. So it's, um, 
Well, that actually yeah. segues nicely. We had a we had a comment a few minutes ago from a viewer on YouTube, and uh, the viewer wants to know: as a beginner just starting out smoking cigars, what would you recommend? The first thing I buy is a cigar and to keep it in good shape. So I'm assuming a storage, some kind of storage uh, unit. So Nick, what's your recommendation for a first timer? Um, I think for a first timer, you know, I, uh, I think a great start uh, cigar to start in our part portfolio is actually the high Claire Connecticut shade, the Edwardian. Um, it's definitely a, an amazing, elegant, smooth, milder smoke. And I think it's definitely a good, a good starting point. Um, you know, if you haven't smoked cigars or, or tobacco, it's, you know, it's, if you're not used to it, it's definitely, you want to start in those milder ranges. Um, and I think that's where it's important. You know, your local tobacconist is, is crucial uh, mm -hmm. to help guide you because yes. as a new smoker, you don't want to get uh, the wrong recommendation because I think that's what happens sometimes if you don't get, you know, someone knowledgeable at the stores and they, they recommend a super strong blend or something to a new cigar smoker because they might think that's how all cigars smoke. Um, yeah. So definitely high clear. Um, is definitely the way to go. Um, you can also, you know, say our, our upsetters, our infused line is, is actually a good starting point also. Cause again, it, it helps sort of buffer some of those strong tobacco flavors and starts to get you used to, you know, tobacco. Cause again, it's a powerful plant and it's, uh, yeah. it's definitely a powerful plant. So if you, if you've never really consumed any tobacco products, um, you know, our, our upsetters might be a, a good place to start. Yeah. Um, but definitely high Claire would be a nice, mild, smooth, smooth smoke to start. Yeah. Also. I would agree. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the, I, I yeah. also agree on the upsetters from, from the, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, infused cigars that are out on the market. Um, the, the upsetters are, are, I don't know the word to use. I would say compared to some other infused cigars on the market, I would say that the upsetters have a more subdued quality to the infusion. Definitely. Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's less in your face. I liken it to um, flavored waters. Oh yeah. That's a good, that's a good comparison. Yeah. And, and, in that you get the essence of that, but you really also just, it's mostly that pure water, but it's just that. that I, I was trying to balance it right with the blend. And, and that, that was the, that was the aim and the blend was to not make it just, you know, all upfront infusion. So that's all, cause that was the key I think is to balance the, the infusion with the blend. Yeah. So then you can again, start really getting, accustomed you got to adjust to the light you can't stare into the yeah, light all at once you I know like i like it um but it's definitely you know it's definitely one of those those either you either love them or you or you hate them that's the that's that's just how you go so. and on the storage front you guys if if you're you know if you're new or old doesn't matter tapadors yeah are if, your friend if that's yeah, like, great yeah. yeah if you're if you especially if you're if you're new to it if you're if you're dipping your toe in the water and you want to find out if this is the hobby for you then yeah grab 
grab something that's airtight, go to your tobacconist, have them recommend some, some cigars to you. Uh, like Nick said, you know, high Claire castle, um, the, uh, the charter Oak Connecticut, something, something that's, uh, you know, a little milder on the flavor profile spectrum and get yourself an air airtight Tupperware container and pick up a couple Bovida packs from your tobacconist and keep it uh, simple to start. Yeah. What do you call those, the cases, you know, the, uh, yeah. the air, the airtight cases that like they also use to that, that case. Yeah. Travel that's a great, that travels. That is a great, yeah. I have two of those that I age certain cigars in because that is airtight. Yeah. So the airtight seal on that really keeps the humidity phenomenal yeah. also yeah. because, and oh man, I, it's like a ceremony just in storing certain cigars that I keep yeah. in there. Cause then you open that up and the aroma. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> take them out, take them out of uh, cellophane is my recommendation. Okay. Um, don't put, don't put infused cigars in there. So yeah. to this don't person, I forgot the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or your infused cigars separately, separately, but those are, those are definitely a great way to start. Um, I'm a big fan of those. Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear to say that Kevin's been drinking tonight. I think Kevin, Kevin, Kevin's going I off. Can, I cannot confirm or deny, but Kevin may have had a couple snorts. Um, so, uh, Nick, I want to find out also, um, uh, if you are going to be at this year's PCA trade show. So actually we're going to be, uh, submitting a, a press release probably tomorrow. We're unfortunately not going to be attending this okay. year. Um, so they, the PCA, you know, the piece, it was a tough one because I started at the PCA. Yeah. We foundation is a 110% supporter of the PCA and everything the PCA does. I put my heart and soul into the PCA every year. You know, we started, you know, I started with a, a little booth and then every year you got bigger and bigger. And I really worked on the booth, man, all year, you know, our art team, 2019, it really, uh, uh, it evolved to an amazing, I was really proud of our last booth. So in February, you know, they asked me, and at that time it was just really uncertain. Um, I had a bunch of people within the company that were affected by COVID too. So um, also we were really having inventory issues and we were super behind. We're still behind, but um at that time we were super behind. So I ended up saying, we're not going to do it this year and we're going to come back stronger next year. And then I committed my, my parents are celebrating their 45th wedding anniversary that week. Oh, so yeah. I ended up committing to, uh, you know, we were going, going on a family, family trip. So, yeah. um, yeah, unfortunately this year we're not going to make it, but, um, yeah, we're going to end up, you know, really reaching out to all of our accounts and, and, you know, my new national sales manager and my new crew, we're going to make sure that, you know, we're in contact with everybody and yeah, but it was a tough one this year. So we're going to actually send out a press release tomorrow. Okay. So if there's any other press <laughs> listening, hold off until you get, everybody's getting the press release at the same time. So it's yeah. got 
it's got the full full story there. So yeah. no, yeah. that's understandable. Yeah, and thanks for sharing that with us. We yeah. uh, we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, so, and I don't I don't go lightly at the show. You know what I mean? Like it takes me. <laughs> Yeah. It takes me at least six months to make the preparation to yeah. make that. You know, it's great. I, I understand from retailers' perspective. It's just the you know. I think sometimes it's difficult to understand what goes into going to a show. You know, and and I'm not the I'm not the guy that's just putting the table and you know a table skirt on the table because I want to represent what the company is all about. And and that's what I did every show. I felt like people come to the show. They deserve a show. They deserve. Right. They deserve our best. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just thinking about the time wise, you know, time wise, it was like, man, it's just a crazy, no, crazy I, year. And and so. honestly, we we appreciate and respect that reasoning. That that if you can't if you can't bring it, then then you're gonna wait until the time comes that you can bring it. And we 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 really appreciate that stand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I'm wondering, can we uh, can we veer off for a second, please? Sure. So veer, yeah. veer. If you haven't seen our first show with Nick, you you should go back and watch it because it's awesome. And uh, Nick and I have a wonderful thing in common, and that is the Ethiopian culture and people. And we talked about it a little bit on the first show, but since then. Nick, I am so jealous. <laughs> I cannot even tell you how jealous I am that you got to meet Selassie. Oh, yeah. His grandson, yeah. yeah. Dude, the grandson? Yeah, it's actually his birthday today. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So for those don't, who don't know, the, the Rastafari culture um, started with... Uh, I think he's called the first king of Ethiopia, right? Rock yeah. So, so the uh, Prince Hermias is the 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 gentleman that I had the pleasure of meeting a few times. His grandfather was Haile Selassie. He was the last emperor of Ethiopia, and before 1974, the lineage of kings and queens in Ethiopia goes back 3,000 years to actually Solomon and Sheba. Yeah. Uh, Solomon and Sheba had a son called Menelik, which means son of the wise man. And uh, the story goes that he became the first emperor of Ethiopia and actually brought the Ark of the Covenant with him um, to to Ethiopia. That was 3000 years. So you, literally the longest historically, I think Japan is is the closest rival of lineage of kings and queens up until 1974. And then, you know, a lot of people don't realize is that the communists took over in 74 and deposed Haile Selassie, which is the last king. Haile Selassie was, was born with the name Ras Tafari. Um, his name was actually Tafari Makenin. And Ras in Ethiopia's title of prince. It actually means prince. Um, so it, it's really fascinating because for me you know growing up all i knew is starvation about ethiopia you know um live aid which was an amazing event to help you know raise money because there was a lot of famines uh really branded the country yeah in a way and sort of overshadowed this really rich history 
And if you look at it, you know, you, you, you have the first bones of Homo sapiens that was found in Omo Kibish. Um, all of the hominid species were found here. And interestingly enough, it's also described as the physical location of the Garden of Eden. So if you look in, in the beginning of, of Genesis, it describes the garden having four rivers, Tigris, Euphrates, and then it says Gihon and Fihon. The Gihon flew through the land of some, some Bibles say Kush, which is Hebrew. Yeah. Others Bibles say Ethiopia, which is Greek. They both mean the same thing. Those, that, those who have been darkened by the sun. Um, when I started learning this, it just opened up this, this world to me. Sorry for the long rant. No, uh, I absolutely love great. it. And yeah, you know, I've, uh, I've, lived between two Ethiopian families for the last really yeah oh wow and when I tell you the best part of waking up is smelling them roasting fresh coffee Ooh. from the garage and uh watching their coffee ceremony and I mean you they, said it right ceremony it is yeah. it is everyone it, it is a it's ceremony. a ceremony do you know why it's a ceremony no coffee but and this is another thing people don't realize is coffee originated in ethiopia and the story goes is that the the uh there was a monk and he was a goat herder a sheep herder and the goats would eat from this berry bush and they would start sort of freaking out after they ate from the bush <laughs> and they would call him the laughing goat because after they ate from the, this bush they, they would call him the laughing goat, the story of the laughing goat. So eventually they would make a sort of um, porridge out of the berry. Cause you know, the coffee bean people that don't, that don't know comes within this berry, the bean is in the berry. So then they made this sort of porridge and then eventually separated the bean, the bean, but the monks would use it to pray to stay up at night. So they wouldn't fall asleep. So they would stay awake and pray. So it became, it was a ceremony. Whenever you go to a, real, a traditional Ethiopian coffee ceremony, it's always presented with frankincense and myrrh, mm, which yeah. is also something that comes from, from Ethiopia. And so it's literally the coffee coffee ceremony. So um, it's, it's always on the silver platter in a, in a, yes. in a beautiful container. And uh, they use, uh, I mean, here, uh, they use goat milk when they can, but if they can't, they will use other, you know, heavy cream and lots of sugar. Um, and it is amazing and marvelous. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. It is. That's where all coffee comes from. So you've, you've obviously been to Addis Ababa. Um, so I haven't. What? Oh, so I, I have never yet been to Ethiopia. Which okay. is oh, okay. really amazing because I've traveled a lot. Um, so my dream trip is is to go to Italy first, then to Jerusalem, and then Egypt, and then to go down the Nile into Ethiopia. That's like my ultimate trip. Um, hopefully, you know, it's been a real honor. Um, to um, recently be, um, I think this next year, um, the Ethiopian Crown Council is actually knighting me 
um, with yeah. something called the Order of the Star of Ethiopia. Um, so um, I'm hoping at one point to plan a trip to really um, visit all the, the sacred sites there. There's yeah. there's a ton of just, you know, people don't realize Christianity is Christianity, um, it, one of the oldest Jewish tribes in the world yeah. called the Beta Israel comes from Ethiopia, you know, all these people were like, how is there, how is there groups of, of, of Jewish people practicing Old Testament, you know, Judaism in Ethiopia? They can, you know, they, all the scholars and historians are like, how did this happen? You know, how, this is the lost tribe. And this, the Ethiopians, you know, say when Menelik brought the Ark to Ethiopia 3000 years ago, he brought the, the, the God of his father. And that's when Judaism started. And then you have uh, Islam there that, um, so there's, it's really a fascinating place. And I'm going to tell you something that uh, probably only you would understand um, in this group of people right now. Yeah. Um, A beautiful thing happened. So the the two Ethiopian families, um, if you don't know, there's two major tribes of Ethiopia. It's the Oromo in the South. And it is, the um um you have the tigrays in the north tigrayans no well tigrayans really became the eritreans but the um i love this um, this is uh, yeah so and then it's uh oh my gosh um i'm not gonna say it i'm hara i'm hara yeah i'm hara uh the two neighbors on either side um, are one is Ormal, one is Amara, and then um, another house down. We have uh, they're from Saudi Arabia, but they are Eritrean by nationality. Wow! And currently, the three families every night are getting together to pray with each other about all the civil unrest that's happening yeah. right now. Yeah, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. This that all all of them are coming together. Because you have different different battles that are going on right now, especially yeah. amongst the Tigray in the north. Um, yeah, the Tigrayans are, are in the north. That's where the town called Oxum is at, where it's said that the Ark of the Covenant is. And Tigrayans are about 6% of the population. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's they, they've ruled the country since the early 90s. And there's just been a lot of issues with the current prime minister and, and the Northern region. I could get into it, but I don't want to, I know we can talk for your, I can. Yeah. But I, so I wanted one to of my you, friends just sent me a message. Is this Ethiopian history class? Now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, have you talked to Ethiopians about cigars? Do they, do yeah. They much of a cigar culture there. Oh yeah. Um, there, there definitely is an oddest, um, yeah. there, there's definitely a, a community of cigar smokers. I know, yeah, a bunch of cigar smokers, a uh, good friend of mine, Danny Davis. Um, he had an interesting story. He hit me up from Otis once and, uh, he said a friend of his was in California, saw a box of tabernacles, brought him back. He was having lunch, lunch with him and brought the box out. And he was yeah. like, look at these cigars. And my buddy's like, that's Nick's. That's my buddy Nick. I I know Nick. Uh, good friends oh, with them. Crazy. So, yeah, 
there's a really large population of Ethiopians in Washington because most, you know, the emperor, Haile Selassie, was very close to the United States. You know, during World War II, um, United States and Ethiopia was really close. There used to be parades. You can see pictures of Haile Selassie in the 60s, literally New York City, thousands of people lining, you know, the streets in DC, very close to um, JFK. Yeah. Selassie was actually one of the four heads of state that Jackie, um, Jackie Kennedy um, selected to put um, during the funeral uh, was Haile Selassie. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting because my grandparents, you know, everybody knew who Haile Selassie was. And then, you know, what happened in 74 is really, you know, fascinating to me because many people don't know that story. We, we know the Cuba story. We know what happened with Castro and in 74, man, it was, it, you know, it was right after Vietnam. So we were kind of done with international affairs and, you know, the Russians went in there and it's re really a strategic place. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we can start that relationship again and, yeah, definitely. you know, have an alliance cause it's, it's really important. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, come to how about that cigar for history lessons and yeah. geography <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I just love that, uh, that you share that. And you're, That's cool. Yeah. It's cool that you, 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 you kind of know about that. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Send my regards to your neighbors. I will indeed. I will. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I want to talk also about, um, before we get into the, the next segments of the show, um, you know, there's always projects I know that you're working on in the background. You're working on blends constantly, not just for the core lines, just to make sure, like you said, quality control is number one, sure. but you know, there's always cool stuff you're working on for, uh, you know, for future releases and things like that. So, um, you know, what do you have in the hopper? You know, you don't have to give away any specific <laughs> secrets. Just uh, I love how you, I love how you transitioned into that. That was great. That was like super smooth. Like you yeah, don't have to say yeah. anything, but um, so you know, this right now because of this this crazy year, you know, we released our five year anniversary, mm. and we also uh, for Wednesday, and then we also released uh, an extension, David and Goliath for Tabernacle. So it was really, you know, because of the whole situation last year, everything was really late. So we're really concentrating on those two this this summer um, as far as um, new items. So I'm probably not going to be focusing on any new releases until next year. Um, we are going to be doing a few things here and there for, for some from uh, some special customers. Um, we just released a, a house blend for uh, the Foundation Cigar Lounge, which is Lijero Tobacco in Georgia. Um, so Lijero Tobacco is the only Foundation Cigar Lounge in the, country, in the country. So I've been long overdue to get a house blend for those guys. So we just released an amazing Longsdale uh, with those guys, which I'm really excited about. So we're, you're going to see a few interesting releases. We have a firecracker that's coming out. Um, oh, nice. It's going to in the beginning of, of July uh, that we're doing with United, yeah. which I'm super excited. You're going to start seeing more things about the firecracker. Um, and then you got a few other treats in there. But next year, you're going to see some 
you're going to see some interesting projects. There you go. Nice. There's one. Of nice. The yeah. Crackers. Yeah, no, those yeah, guys those are always a fun project. Those guys, it's, they're a great group of people over there, and the, the firecracker is always a fun project. It it is. You know, I've I've known uh, Garofalo for for a long time. He's he's been a supporter since I started. Oliver is a great guy, so it was really really fun to do that project. So I'm really looking forward to to that one coming out. So I think at the end of this month, it's or beginning of July, it's going to start shipping. So. Nice. Um, that's going to be a tasty little treat. No, it's going to be yeah. a tasty wise man Maduro. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so we got some we got some interesting things. We're going to have some announcements, uh, but they're going to be kind of more towards probably later this year. Okay. And early next year. So nice. I can guarantee we're going to mix it up a little bit. Good deal. Good I love deal. that. So and when we do, you guys will see. And I can't say anymore, <laughs> but we'll be hanging out. We'll be hanging Absolutely. out. So um, from your own catalog of cigars, what's the one that you find yourself reaching for just like all the time? Like I can't stop smoking. <laughs> you know, it switches for me, man. Okay. It's, it's, it definitely shifts. Like the, the high clear Robustos, man, like the last month I was smoking those almost every morning. Uh, you know, if you talk to my team, it's like, it was every morning, morning meetings. Um, so I, I really, sh I just get caught in different, different moods. Yeah. So, and then again, I'm always testing. So I like to go through boxes of stuff to, again, make sure, you know, consistency's there and quality's there. Yeah. There's, a, you know, there, there really is a cigar for every time within our portfolio, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, and I definitely tend to, you know, personally, I like a heavier, richer, full bodied, you know, Tabernacle is definitely... I mean, my God, yeah. you know, that's the, that cigar is, uh, you know, if I was probably stranded on a desert Island, I would, I would definitely take the tabernacle. Yeah. Um, but man, you know, I, this will Wednesday, I gotta tell you, yeah. You know, I got another two boxes coming up my way next week. Um, yeah. you know, I got, I got my own stash of stuff, but I, <laughs> You know they're all they're all special for me in some way, and they all, yeah. I, I I'm very fortunate to be able to you know have have access to smoking uh, all these different types of cigars. But yeah. you know well, that high glare is nice for the morning time. You know oh, it's not overwhelming and yeah yeah. And we go through the same things where we'll go through we go through phases where mm -hmm. I'll be that's it phases. I'll go I'll. I'll be like on a two or three week kick where I'm smoking a ton of Sumatra wrappers, or I'll go through a, a month long kick where I'm smoking a lot of Connecticut broadleaf or a lot of Connecticut shade or, or a lot of, uh, you know, Ecuador Habano. And, and it just, sometimes I just get in this mood where this, this particular wrapper leaf just is, is, is just hitting on, on all the right spots for a while and then it'll shift and then it'll, you know, it, it's, so we're in the same boat. It, it just same. That's yeah. yeah. That's that definitely describes how I how I go through even different through my weeks. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Everybody knows Lancero is my <laughs> it's my jam. Yep. Is it really nice? It, it really is. Yeah. We need to get rid of Lancero's. Don't sell. 
we that should not. Yeah, but it depends on where you go, man. It's interesting because it's it's like like, because you know um, once. I mean, look at the last ten years and what the big ring gauges, you know, just caught fire. Now it's big ring gauges, you know, for everybody, you know, not everybody, but a lot of manufacturers started making these sixties, seventies. You know, know. it's crazy. I know it's crazy. I want to go the other direction. Let's go (laughs) and teach people. Yeah, and Ceros are flavor. Yeah. A lot of flavor, a lot of wrapper flavor. It, yeah. That was my grandfather's favorite favorite size. So I make Lancero in, you know, Wawense, Wise Man Maduro, Tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's, it's definitely a great smoke. Yeah. Um, oh, Coop! Our friend Coop chiming in. Oh, good Gordo's, old Coop! Coop! Gordo's Coop. Arvitolas too. Yes, Gordo's Arvitolas too. We agree. Yes, Gordo's. We, I make a no, one. We have no problem with big ring gauge cigars. You know, I make uh, six by sixty in the Charter Oak sizes, yep. which yeah. which is a big seller for us. Um, in the Wawense, we do a fifty six, so we don't get quite up there to the sixty, but it's uh, we call it the Toro Waco, mm. which is actually a character from the the act the actual dance is the character's name was Toro Waco, so I thought I'd <laughs> keep the name with the Toro, but. It, kick it up a, gate, uh, a little bit. My buddy Dion from Illusion was really big on that side size. Nice. So I ended up doing uh, doing a 56 by 56. And our our torpedo in the Wawense is a 6 by, uh, is a 52. So it's actually more like a bellicoso. Yeah. The torpedoes, it's not really a torpedo, it's a bellicoso. So that's actually like the more of the traditional Toro size. Right. Which yeah. is the sleeper, yeah. Well, uh, I, I think it's time. Is it? Is it time? I think. Okay, it's, I think it's time. All right, it is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. Uh oh. And as always, guys, you know it that Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Time for this week's Numero de los Muertos brought to you by Smoke In. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right. So, Nick and viewers, if uh, <clears throat> if you haven't seen the show, what I do every week is I come up with a number and we try and figure out how these people died. And uh, last time you were on the show, Nick, the number was 150. You actually guessed the correct, uh, guessed the correct thing, which was avalanches. This year, the number's a bit higher. A bit higher. Okay. And like I did last, I liked it last week where I only gave the number and you guys had to totally get there. That was tougher last week. I know. And I liked it. All right. So what's on average about 60,000 people a year die from this. Holy cow. That's a big number. 
All right. So as always, viewers, if you have guesses, uh, leave them in the comments. Be let's have an honor system. No, no googling. Let's just uh, do guesses off the sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. And so Nick, we can start asking questions like yes or location. No you, you know, just like we're playing twenty questions here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what, we can ask any questions. Anything. Yeah. This is in the United States. Sixty thousand. Oh, it's not globally. Nope. Not globally. Is it North America? Nope. Is it? Oh, we'll just start going through continents. Is Australia? It... Africa. It is in the African continent. Okay, it's on the African I'm going to... 60,000. Marona me. It's a lot of people. 60,000. Okay, is it a... Uh, is it like a, a sickness? A flu? or? A... It is a sickness. It is not a uh, flu. Okay, so it's an illness. It's a medical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is it D- dysentery? No, not dysentery. Is it? Is it all over the continent, or is it more relegated to north or south? It is not the entire continent. Is it north? No. No. What? So it's. Is it south? Mm-mm. Oh. Is it central? In the Congo. Mm-hmm. East, mm-hmm. East Africa. Uh, is it sharks? No, no. Sixty thousand is a lot. That, that would be a lot of people dying from sharks. Locust. No, no, not uh, not snake bite. Oh, it's an illness, it's, though. It's an illness. Um, Peanut allergies. Hmm. Nope. Oh, I'm getting close there. Close. Tim. Tim said. Uh, Tim said nephritis. Is that a thing? What is? I think he's trying to say nephritis. Oh, nephritis. Nephritis. I don't know what nephritis I is. I don't want to Google that. Well, nef- it's coming nef- from Tim. That's got to have to do with the kidneys, because nef is kidneys. Hmm. Interesting. But that's not it. No. Um. It's not by rhino. Not by rhino. Which is actually the uh, eighth most common death. Yeah. In this place. Tim says rabies. It's not rabies. Not rabies. Malaria. Mm-mm. Not malaria. Oh, dude. This is. Did we lose? <laughs> did we lose yet? Is, um, it, is it HIV? That's number two in this region. Oh, so meningitis. HIV is less than sixty thousand. Correct. Hepatitis. It's not hepatitis. It's not hepatitis. It's not malaria. Is it? Um, sexually transmitted. I was just going to ask that. It is not sexually transmitted. Okay. Famine is number five. Famous number five. Okay. Um, wow. The flu? It, no. Is it any it's form a, of the flu? I mean, I guess it could be related. 
is this a is this a year over year average? Yes. Okay, so it's okay. So on so average, over the past twenty years, sixty thousand die. It's not malaria. Um, I'm trying to think of other. So here, here's. I'll give you. I'll give you. Is it diarrhea? Ooh, that's so close. But I said dysentery. Oh right. yeah, Nick said dysentery. He did. Um, but uh, the uh, so. Oh. This, uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, it, it's very common in uh, all over the world. This illness. But in East Africa, specifically Ethiopia, um, unless, you're, unless you're in the bigger cities, you're likely to die from this. But it's very treatable. We get it everywhere. It's not dysentery. Mm -mm, it's not dengue fever. It's, it's not, not dengue fever. It's not malaria. Dude, you're... Meningitis? Us. Not meningitis. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, it's not West Nile. Ricketts. Ricketts. <laughs> that was that was out of bounds. Anal fissures. <laughs> Chicken pox. Mm -mm. Nope. Not TB. More common. More common? Yeah. Oh, like tuberculosis. Nope, more common. Not sickle cell. All right, take the keyboard away from Kevin. <laughs> um, I think we lose big time on this it's one. Not, it's not just like the common cold, is it? No, not quite that common. Measles, mumps? Mm -mm. What the hell? In is fact, it, is it something that's been eradicated in other parts of the world? Nope. Huh. No, it's not. Okay. No, nope. in fact, Matt, I know you've had it. Ooh. Wait, is it coronavirus? Mm -mm. West Nile? Mm -mm. You know, Give I've us, had it? Mm -hmm. Give us, what have you had? Go down the list. I've had coronavirus. I've had, I have a, I have a kidney a form of kidney disease. Herpes? Is it her no, I have not had herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, asking. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be too careful. Uh, <laughs> um what else have I had? I you guys, we are dotting all around it. It's and nobody online has gotten this yet. Come on, we need some chicken not chicken pox, not mumps, not measles, not rubella. Those are all I mean People I'm going to be so upset when I figure out what this is. What do people get all the time? Pneumonia? Yes. Oh. oh. Pneumonia, of course. It is pneumonia. Wow. Pneumonia Ouch. and slash bronchitis is actually the number one killer of people in Ethiopia. It accounts for just over know that. of all deaths. Uh, what's a very treatable condition, typically out in the area yeah. deserts of Ethiopia, it is not very treatable. Wow. Man. Never going to forget that one, man. Holy cow. Yeah, I had, well, Garrett knows. So after 
I got coronavirus last year. Um, like five, my doctor said about 5% of patients develop a really nasty case of pneumonia while they're recovering from COVID. And I was sadly one of those people who oh, man. had a really nasty case of, I was, I was bedridden for like three weeks. And, oh, uh, yeah. but also when I was, I don't know if I told you this, when I was a kid, I was in elementary school, maybe third or fourth grade. And I got a horrible case of pneumonia. I was out of school for like two months. I was so I almost didn't make it actually. I was in Crazy. really bad shape when I was like I don't know eight years old or nine years old somewhere in there, and uh, huh. so yeah, I've had a couple of nasty bouts with it in my life. But you know, I'm I'm fortunate to live, you know, live in the states where you know medical care is pretty readily available. But yeah, over in in you know areas of East Africa, it's tough to get medical care. Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. That was, that took up, that I think was the longest and toughest. Yep. Numero de los muertos ever. I think so. Yeah. And I wanted you guys to get it cause it was such a common, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Never going to forget that. And you know, Kevin, I wouldn't, you know, say not to move there. Cause until you've had delicious Sanjata with amazing Ethiopian food and their amazing coffee just might change your tune. Just move to Addis. And the women are stunning. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Thumbs up. High five, go team. High five. <laughs> so that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right, Nick, let's move into the lightning round. So last time you were uh -oh. on the show, we had some, uh, we had some early uh, lightning round questions, but we have some new ones. So if you could pick any fashion trend from the past to bring back, what would it be? The uh, crisscross pants on backwards. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now my buddy was... Now that song's... My buddy my buddy went away from the podcast for a little bit and then he came back and he was like, still Ethiopia. <laughs> he, heard the end. <laughs> he went away and then he came back and he heard your pneumonia that, and he's hilarious. like, you're still talking about Ethiopia. Still on that. Uh, um, to bring back. Yeah. The bad, the crisscross back backwards pants. Warm it up, Chris. I love that. Warm it up. <laughs> that song is now in my head for the I'm rest of the night. Warm it up, Chris. All right. So who was your number one celebrity crush when you were a teenager? Selma Hayek. Ooh, good answer. Yeah. <sighs> Selma, I was in love with Selma. I actually just watched a movie with her with uh, what's that guy Antonio from uh, Friends? Oh. No, yeah, that's when. Yeah, no, I mean, no, who was? No, that wasn't uh, Selma Hayek with Antonio Ben. That was uh, what was her name in Zorro? She was. I was in love oh, with her also. In Zorro, yeah, there was an. I thought she did a movie. Yeah, but who was the who's the woman in Zorro? She she's married to like Michael Douglas now. No, that's Catherine, uh, Catherine uh, Zeta Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah, I was in love with her too. <laughs> Most definitely, but she, yeah, Salma Hayek was in a movie with somebody from Friends, Ross. Yeah, it was. Uh, <coughs> yeah, was it Ross? It was Schwimmer? um David Schwimmer. 
Is that what his name is? That's yeah. It, played Ross. I, I never watched uh, Friends, so I don't know. But uh, they meet. Um, she's came up from, he was working, I think, in Mexico. They end up uh, having a one-night stand, and she's pregnant. And Oh, wow. They end up, gosh, what was the name of that movie? I'll have to go back and check that. It out. was on Netflix, and I started watching it. It's it's not the, it's not the greatest flick, but yeah. to see Selma Hayek oh my or um, Elizabeth Shue, a young Elizabeth oh, Shue, and like Tom Tom Cruise cocktail. Yeah. Oh my mine. god! Lord have Adventures mercy. Adventures in babysitting. Oh yeah. Um, Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Karate Kid, but Cocktail with Tom Cruise. Cocktail. They go down to Jamaica. They meet yeah. in Jamaica. Oh, my God. And then The Saint. Oh, The Saint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Val yeah. Kilmer. Yeah. Elizabeth uh, Shears, next level. So if you could add any person's face to Mount Rushmore, who would it be? Bob Marley's. There you go. I love it. <laughs> that, I, I had a feeling. Yeah. Put Bob in there. Yeah. This is lightning round. <laughs> All right. So let's do um, let's do this week's notable smokables. And as always, notable smokables are brought to you by Ace Prime. Notable cigars. Notable passion. Notable purpose. So Nick, every week we talk about a cigar that we smoked recently. That was interesting to us. It could be something that's been on the market forever and we just tried again for the first time in a long time, or it could be something brand new that we uh, that we just picked up. And I know, you know, being in the position you are, you're mostly smoking your own stuff. But has there been anything recently you smoked that, that kind of caught your interest? Yeah. I mean, I've been smoking. Uh, it's Padron 40th. Oh yeah. Oh, um, but yeah. it's a box that I opened uh from 2011. Mm. Um I ended up getting this box uh from Don Jorge oh. uh for the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival for charity. Nice. And COVID hit and I said, I'm lighting these babies up. Yes. So this is oh look at this that. Is the box. Yeah. That and is it, show show that box. That is beautiful. This is yeah, this box is unbelievable. So oh. this is from this is box number nine nine seven from two thousand and eleven. Wow. Look at this baby. Let's see if I can get one of these trays open. Exactly. See, I already smoked I already smoked the top tray. Oh, wait a second. Did I smoke two trays down? Yeah, I smoked two trays down. Uh, yeah, look at these babies. Oh, Ooh, those are completely sealed. That's fantastic. Yeah. Those are beautiful. These are, oh, man. After take, those things have to be like dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Oh. Dark chocolate. Beautiful. Dark chocolate and cafe. I Unbelievable. Uh, Garrett, what was your notable this week? I had a Lost Angel. Oh, Lost Angel, the new uh, TAA. TAA release from our friends at Crown Heads. Nice. <laughs> you like? Forget it. Yeah. Do they, do, do they still have some at Stogie's? They do. All right. I but it run. is running out. I got to run by and pick some up. Uh, mine was actually an oldie that I haven't, I realized I hadn't smoked in years. So the, our friends at Sodi's Cigar and Pipe had uh, an event with the the rep from Altidus, and they had a special deal running on the 
the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real. I don't think I've smoked one of those in seven, eight years or more. It's been a long time. And I lit up one of those cigars uh, while we're all at the shop there. And I went, oh, yeah, I remember how good these are. It's just such a nice, mild cigar. It's just so I I lit it up and thought to myself, okay, yeah, I remember these now. And uh, it's nice sometimes to go back and revisit those cigars you haven't smoked in years. And there's, there's, there's still some brands, you know, that are, that are on the market for years that are, that are still kind of, you know, kicking out pretty good blends. So, and yeah, so that was a, that was my notable smokable this week. And uh, so that was notable smokables uh, brought to you by Ace Prime, improving lives through fine cigars. Visit aceprime.com to learn more. Um, So to give our viewers and our listeners, and again, thank you guys so much for being a part of How About That Cigar. We want to give you guys an idea of stuff we have coming up here soon. Actually, two, three nights from now, I, I still feel like it's Tuesday. Yeah. Three nights from now, on Thursday, uh, we're actually going to be on with Cigar Coop. He's having a media panel show talking about the upcoming PCA trade show. So we're going to be on with Coop on Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, then next Monday, one week from tonight, we have John Carney from La Flor Dominicana Cigars mm-hmm. on the show. And then the the uh, final Monday in June, our good friend Juan Martinez from Hoya de Nicaragua is going to be on the show for the second time. Um, and then we'll be also covering the PCO, PCA trade show live from Las Vegas uh, starting on July 9th going through July 13th. So. Uh, make sure to be on the lookout for our, our live videos from the show. Um, Nick, give our viewers and listeners uh, that final idea. Where is the best place for them to keep up on all the latest and greatest info from uh, Foundation Cigars? Instagram, Foundation Cigars. Uh, we're really active on IG. Uh, you can check us on Facebook, Foundation Cigars, www.foundationcigars.com. We got a lot of great content, great seed to cigar videos. We got some music videos, all the brand information, store locator. You can find your closest uh, foundation brick and mortar. So you can always check me out at Nick R. Agua too on, uh, on Instagram. Nice. So that's my handle on the IG. But yeah, we got some exciting things coming. And we, we just actually... Um, Good reminder. We got a good reminder and a comment from uh, our friends here watching the show. The charity event. Yeah. So this Friday, Friday uh, this Friday, we've got a charity event at Sodi Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater, Minnesota. And we are helping to raise money and support a local nonprofit called Create Minneapolis. They provide IT training and technology for underprivileged kids and supply some schools and do just a lot of amazing work for kids in technology. And that's close to my heart. Yeah. So uh, if, if you're in the area, would love for you to, to come by. Um, if you're not in the area and you want to give, um, you know, just look at my Facebook page and you can find links to that event. I've, I've posted it Yeah. over the. And there's, there's going to be cigars and whiskey. There's going to be auctions uh, where all the proceeds are going to go to the charity. Yeah, so. so I've got cigars and swag from a lot of, yeah. we have so many amazing partners that have helped 
uh, to provide some goodies for uh, those who invest in this awesome event and, and charity. Yeah, so if you're awesome. local in the Minnesota area, definitely stop by uh, Friday. And, and like Garrett said, you can check out the, uh, the event info on his Facebook page. Uh, so Nick, thank you again so much for your second appearance. How about that cigar live? We had a great time tonight. My pleasure guys. Really appreciate it. And I hope to see you guys soon. You guys going to the PCA this year? We will be there. Yeah. Oh man. I'm going to miss you. All right. 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 We'll connect soon. Yeah. Next time. Sounds good. So our viewers and listeners, thanks as always for watching and listening. You are the best part of how about that cigar live. So we appreciate you so very much. Uh, as always, if you guys have questions for Garrett or myself, you can find us on HowAboutThatCigar.com and send us an email right from there. Follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And as always, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Peace.